Just the children. The rest of y'all got to stay. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. I trust you've been having a good summer. Amen. Well, if not, we're going to believe it's going to get better. If you have your Bible, Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Praise the Lord. What a powerful psalm. Psalm 34. So many wonderful verses in this one psalm that we sing and we memorize and we confess. All from one psalm. Actually, all birthed out of a hard period in David's life. When you walk by faith, even the hard periods of life can birth some powerful psalms and testimonies. And oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Psalm 34. We'll just read a few verses, maybe the first ten. It's too large to cover it at all. But verse number one, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those that fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There's no want to those that fear him. The young lions lack and they suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Can you say amen? I'm going to use as a title this morning, The Testimony of a Thankful Man. The Testimony of a Thankful Man. And this week is another psalm for the summer. And as we look at Psalm 34, The Testimony of a Thankful Man, we note that this psalm comes from a time in David's life when fearful of King Saul, who was still on the throne, David fled to Gath. And he sought protection in enemy territory. And it was a big mistake. You might have heard of Goliath somewhere along your Bible study lines. Well, Gath is Goliath's hometown. So you can imagine. But, you know, we're never safe outside the will of God, are we? Never safe outside the will of God. King Saul's jealousy and anger had gotten almost to an insanity level. And his attempts in killing David, well, there was just um, one too many close calls. So literally David pretty much flees with the clothes on his back. And he finally gets to Gath. We don't know what he was thinking, but when he gets there, he has one of those, you know the commercial, do you want to get away um, uh, moments in life. He he gets there and all of a sudden, uh uh-oh. I don't know if he thought they would protect him. I don't know what he was thinking. But when he gets there in front of the king, all of a sudden the other commander starts saying, hey, king. This is the one Israel talks about. David killed his tens of thousands. This is the one as a teenager. Knocked off Goliath's head. And all of a sudden, David starts getting one of those. Have you ever gone somewhere and got a real uneasy feeling? Have you ever gone somewhere and said, oh man, I took a wrong turn in this city. My Lord, how do I get back on the thruway? Ever been? Oh Lord. Lock the windows. Um, You know what I mean? Get 911 ready on speed dial. Have you ever? Oh, how did I get here? Yeah. Well, David had one of those. And David, out of desperation, he has to fake being crazy and insane to escape. 
Now, note takers, you and your devotional time can read 1 Samuel chapter 21 to 22, and you can read this story. But David has to start acting crazy, let drool come, come down his beard. It wasn't that he's nodding off in church, the drool, but no, he's letting, that, he's, he's, you know, he's letting drool because he wanted, <laughs> so amen, go ahead and elbow your husband and say amen. And, um, and the drool come down, and he's acting crazy, and, and the Philistine king, sends him away, banished, and pretty much he says, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but you can read it for yourself. He says, don't I have enough nutcases in my own kingdom? Do I need to import them from Israel? Get rid of this David. God sometimes bails us out when we put ourselves in some sticky situations. Come on. And this is David's testimony of that close call. Out of this experience, David shares with you and I many, many powerful verses to memorize. Verses that we can sing and have been sung. David's testimony. David was thankful. He had made a foolish decision. But the Lord delivered him. Aren't we thankful for the mercy of God this morning? He had fled when he should have stood. His fears caused him to stumble onto a dangerous path. And he wound up in a desperate place. But the Lord rescued him. And we thank God this morning for the compassion and the faithfulness of the God even when we miss the mark. Because I believe we've all been there. Whether it was wrong choices that we've made and um, unexpected attacks that we have gone through. Maybe succumbing to the weariness of the battle. But oh, for the goodness in the mercy of our God, who has proven Himself to be forever faithful and dependable and caring for His children. We thank the Lord. We thank the Lord. But the Lord has delivered us from all our fears. And He will, thank God, continue to deliver us that we know and that we are certain of. Blessed be His name. This morning, let us, from a testimony of a thankful man, just walk through a few of these verses together. Number one, we begin with verses one through three. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in thee, Lord. The humble shall hear of and be glad. Come magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. David praises the Lord. Uh, um, how could he do anything else? He had just put himself in a mess. But God, And His mercy rescued him. He was rescued from certain death. God had bailed him out of a tight place of his own making. Again, David had really made a mess, but the Lord came through. What else could he do but pause and praise? Don't take God's grace and His goodness for granted. Don't ever think just like, well, that would have worked out anyhow. That's not how the child of God, the man and woman of faith, thinks. They see the hand of God working in their life. They recognize every good and perfect gift has come from above. They recognize mercies are new every morning, even when we miss it, even when we think we're wrong. But the mercy of God, and we need to pause and praise. James 5 and 13, James 5 and 13. And the NIV says, is any of you in trouble? He should pray. 
Well, that's good. Good to call the prayer line, but you got to pray too. Good to call your neighbor to pray, but you you got to pray too. But our second thought here, the second part of this verse is really what we focus on. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Has God blessed you? Then praise Him. Has God been good to you? Then bless His holy name. Has God bailed you out of a few close calls in these many years of being with Him? Then pause and praise and declare the goodness and the mercy of God. Now things still aren't perfect for David. He escaped from the Philistines, but he's still a wanted and a hunted man from King Saul. But God had rescued him. Maybe this is a sign that things are getting ready to change. He's still hiding out in a cave. He's still a long way from the throne and from the crown. Maybe maybe if he would have praised the Lord a little earlier, he could have prevented the mess that he's in. You know, folks, praise prevents things. Can you say amen? When we, when we praise God, sometimes before the battle, it radically changes the way of the battle. But hey, he missed it and he's, he's praising God now. In verses 1 through 3, David offers up some, uh, um, some of the most powerful praise, very powerful praise. He said, I will bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to boast in the Lord. Join with me and magnify or make big the Lord. Let us lift up, exalt the Lord. We often encourage each other to praise God in the good times and in the bad. Don't surrender that song. Don't let the devil steal it. Don't lose your song regardless of the pain you feel in your heart or the confusion that is tattering at your mind. Don't don't surrender your song. No, 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 no. And David understands this principle. And we see this throughout his life and we know it's the right thing to do. David does this often. He understood the importance of dealing with difficult days by refusing to silence your praise, but instead blessing the Lord and at all times. Because we must remember that life is not just about feeling good. Life is about doing good and blessing the Lord. That is good because the Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever. I want you to notice how this psalm begins. Those three little words that begin this beautiful song. I will bless. David is making a choice to express his praise. You know salvation is a choice. You know heaven and hell is a choice. you got to choose where you're going to spend eternity. You know the measure of your Christian devotion. It's a choice. I can't make it for you. Granny can't demand it upon you. It's a choice you must make once and for all. Then it's a choice you enforce and reinforce day after day. But I will bless the Lord. He makes a personal choice, a settled choice, a determined choice. Let others do what they may, but I will bless the Lord. After all, I'm the one He saved. I'm the one He healed. I'm the one He bailed out of that mess. I'm the one whose life He put back together again when I messed it up. I will bless the Lord at all times. My praise is not up to others to decide. I will, for God has been good to me. My praise is not determined by what I see out. 
out there, but it is determined by what I possess in here of faith in the goodness and mercy, the love, the hope of the living God. I choose to praise. I choose to sing unto the Lord a new song. My praise and your praise determined, inspired by what we possess in Jesus Christ. A faith, hope, and a love springing from that eternal life that we have. Life in Jesus, the living God, that has been so good and done so much. Let's take a closer look at verses 1 through 3. Verse number 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. Bless, I'll speak well of the Lord. I'll speak well of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praise number 1 we see is a lifestyle for the believer. It's a lifestyle. We acknowledge the goodness of God. We recognize the source of every good and perfect gift comes from God. And we are aware of His presence and His working in our life. And we express that gratitude. We express that thanksgiving unto the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So number one, we recognize that this, this praise, it's a lifestyle for the believer. We do it in the good times and we do it in the bad. We, we, we do it when we can recognize the blessing. We do it just when by faith we know He's working and we believe the promise and our mouth opens and praise flows forward. But secondly, he says in verse 2, My soul shall make its boast in thee, Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Wow. Our praise is to be a confident praise. We're not ashamed, but we're bold in expressing our God reigns. Jesus lives. He's an awesome God and greatly to be praised. Jesus' name is mightier than any other. And nothing is too hard for Him. We have something to boast about. Psalm 44 and verse 8. He, uh, boast all. In God we boast all the day long. And we praise Your name forever. As believers, we have something to boast about. The world tries to silence us. The world tries to intimidate us. But the righteous should be as bold as a lion and declare the goodness and mercy and the power of our God. We boast not in ourselves. David was not boasting in himself. But we boast and are not ashamed in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ, who loves you and died for you, who can heal you, who can save you, who can turn your life around. In Him we boast. In Him we praise. David said, I boast in the Lord. Not in David. Not in my achievements. Not in my abilities. I boast in the Lord. It was Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. 
Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Let not the mighty man boast in his strength. But if you're going to boast, boast in this, that you know and you understand God, that you know the God of kindness and justice and righteousness. Paul writes to us in Galatians 6 and 14, May I never boast except, except in the cross of Jesus Christ. So again, David tells us here that praise is a lifestyle, but our praise should be bold and boasting and declaring and confident in the Lord. And then he says something else in this verse. He says, the humble shall hear and be glad. You know, the world boasts about their slop sometimes more than the godly boast about the Lord. Say amen. Hmm? They got more award shows to honor defilement and depravity. They're not ashamed to applaud the gods of men. But we that know the living God, oh, we ought to be boasting in Him. Amen? Not in ourselves, not in our buildings, but in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Oh, glory be to God forevermore. How many times miracles begin? as hurting lives here are heard about the goodness, the power, and the love of Jesus Christ. As discouraged hearts received hope. We think of a woman with an issue of blood. She's dying without hope. The medical profession failed her. The religious establishment failed her. But then she heard about one called Jesus Christ of Nazareth. She heard of one that heals the sick and raises the dead. She heard of one that cast out demons and nothing was too hard for him. As she heard from a hopeless situation, hope erupts and faith goes forth. And she presses through the crowd knowing if I'll just touch the hem of his garment, I was getting ready to give up. I was getting ready. I experienced failure and rejection. But now I heard somebody boasted in the Lord. Someone boasted about Jesus being able to do what religion couldn't do. And I know if I just touch the hem of His garment, I will be whole. If you'll touch Jesus this morning, it shall pass, it shall pass, and victory shall come. And we could go on and on and on and on throughout the Gospels. We think of the leper incurable, isolated, rejected, despised. No hope. Banished. From the community. But when they heard about Jesus Christ of Nazareth, when they heard there was one that is not afraid of leprosy's defilement, but with his compassion stretches out that healing hand and touches and heals what men are hopeless to do. Hope came alive. And we read about the lepers. They left all the others. They broke every law of society and they approached Jesus. Lord, if you're willing, if you're willing. Jesus said, I'm willing. Be healed. Well, it started because someone boasted in the Lord. Hope comes alive in those that don't know Him when the redeemed declare the praises of Him. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord and the humble and the hurting and the discouraged shall hear and be glad. And then he walks into verse 3. Oh, magnify. 
the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name forever. This psalm is a testimony of the goodness of God. And it begins with David himself just praising God. And here he begins to invite others to join him and exalt the name of the Lord together. We who have shared in this great salvation, now we should share in the great privilege of praising Him and worshiping Him and honoring Him. When you've been touched by the grace of God, you don't want to keep it to yourself. You want others to know of His goodness. You want others to share in the celebration of your salvation. And, and you know, beloved, this, this, this third verse is a foretaste of heaven. The redeemed, united in sacred song, praising unto God. It's a precious thing we do each and every Lord's Day when we unite our voices, we blend our harmony, we combine our melody and bless Him, praise Him, exalt Him, magnify Him, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You see some people that don't know their Bible, so that's offensive. Well, be offended. They, they don't under, they think it's, you know, some of them, they stay home for the way to the preaching. They don't know God. They say 50 years. Well, you don't know your Bible then. Shame on you. Worshiping and praising God is very sacred. touches the heart of God. And there's personal praise and there's corporate praise. And the Word of God calls us to this. It's precious to God. It's sacred. If you don't like it, you're going to be uncomfortable in heaven. In heaven. The redeemed. They gather often with the angels and they worship and they bless Him and they praise Him. And throughout the Scripture, see something they haven't been taught in the Bible. This dead churches don't want to teach about praise and worship because it makes the dead uncomfortable. Go ahead, say amen. Oh, Lord, I've been feeling good. Leave me alone. Come back. He says, come. Come magnify the Lord with me. Let us, let us, let us. It's a team thing. Let us exalt his name together. Throughout the Word of God, we see this. Old Testament, Psalm 95, Psalm 95, put that up there. Psalm 95, first verses 1 through 3. Oh, come, come, come. Let us, let us, let us, let us, let us sing. Let us, is it good? Can we sing? Can we sing? Oh, we can sing. Of course we do. That's why it's so precious. Sunday morning before the Word, and you know I love the Word. You know if I did anything else in life but preach, I'd be one happy dog. I mean, I could just do that day in and day out. Oh, but, but, but singing and praising God is precious. It's biblically ordained, and it's the right. Oh, let us sing. Let us shout joyfully. That's why it's called, some churches call it the celebration service. Because we're celebrating the goodness and the mercy and the love of our God. We're celebrating the great salvation that we have. Praise is a celebration of thanksgiving and honor and glory to God. Let us sing. Let us shout joyfully unto the rock of our salvation. Verse 2. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with song. We're thanking God and joyfully we're singing about who He is and what He's done and how thankful we are that He did it for us. 
One thing to sing about his goodness is another thing to sing about he's been good to me. Amen. One thing to sing about his salvation. But I want the world to know he saved me. He bailed me out. He forgave me when I was a mess. He restored my life when it was falling apart. Oh, let me sing praises unto him who I owe it all to. Is that verse 3? Oh, for the Lord is the great God. The great King above all gods. We praised. After you praise, what do you do? Say it again. Oh, you worship. What does verse 6 say? We praise God. Right? Now, now, now we're going to get a little closer. Maybe get a little quieter. But we're still in unity here. This is a redeemed. Amen? Like precious faith. All got the Spirit, been born again. All got the blood covering them. You've been born again. We praise Him. Amen? We danced our dance. I know the older we get. I know, I tell you, I dance too much. I got ice that knee down. You know what I mean? That, that, that this, old, this old man and this new man don't work together too good. You know what I'm talking about. Amen? You know what I mean? I mean, that spirit, he wants to run sometimes. But this old nature, you know, this old creation falling back to, to the earth says, oh, no, no, running, that's, that's past tense. Amen? But we praise. But now we're going to worship. We, we worship personally. Just like we praise personally, but then we worship corporately. See how precious this is? We need God to move. You can't quench Him, ignore Him, conveniently push aside His Word and expect Him to move. But He says, oh, now come. Let us, let us, let us. It's all of us. Not, not just special people that are going to entertain the special. Let us worship and bow down. Let us, let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the sheep of His pasture, the sheep of His hand. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. Can you say amen? Oh, hallelujah. 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 Psalm begins this testimony begins with a personal praise. And then David calls us to a corporate praise. And we see in verses 1 through 3 a lifestyle, a boast, and then a joining together from the people of God. Then secondly, this personal testimony continues in verses 4 through 6. And there's two thoughts we see in this next section. Now remember... This was a testimony praising God for delivering his servant from his fears and his troubles. Number one, we note that David, he admits or he owns the problem. Honesty and humility, two very important traits, attitudes that position us to be restored when we stumble. To position us to receive that mending, healing power of God when we've allowed the enemy, you know. Verses 4 through 6. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. David was not ashamed. He's a strong man. Not ashamed to admit I had some fears. Next verse. They looked to him and were radiant 
and their faces were not ashamed. I can't preach on this, but I can't walk over it. They looked to him and were radiant. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Let me show you what it means. It's a picture. How it's used in Isaiah and other places. It's a picture of when a mother looks and sees her child and their face lights up. I'll never forget after the hurricane, we were cleaning up the grounds. Had a work crew. Many of you were there that Saturday, the first Saturday. We had a work crew. And, and so people were coming. They were bringing friends. And there were people here that come, people that didn't. And, and, and I seen this little girl about this high, cute little thing. She shows up. And I'm wondering who she belonged to. I knew she didn't come to this church. I knew she had who she belonged to. And, and then, you know, Jerry's out there. He's out with us. We're working. The tractor's running. And all of a sudden, I look at him. I was seeing him. And I look, he looked to that girl. And his face just about shone like, like you would have thought someone put a spotlight on his face. And I said, oh, that's got to be one of the grandbabies. When we look to the Lord in faith and you see God smiling at you in control of your situation, watching over your situation, something about us just lights up. Oh, God, you're going to take care of it. Oh, God, you are here. I know the cloudiness discouraged me. I know the darkness made my faith get a little dim. But, oh, Jesus, now that, oh, you're there, you're there, you're watching over my life, you're pleased with my life. Oh, hallelujah! They looked to Him and were radiant, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and their faces, not ashamed. Just had to touch that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. After beginning his psalm with praise, David moves on. And this is very important for turning things around when we go through a hard time. He moves on to owning or admitting the problem. We recognize in the psalm that David does not complain point fingers. There's no blame shifting. He has a spirit of humility before the Lord, referring to himself like in verse 6 is this poor man. This poor man. He didn't say this great man, this warrior of a man. This poor man. Possibly embarrassed by his behavior. Possibly disappointed that he did not handle the situation better than he should have. Certainly admitting that he was unable to help himself. And he was in a needy, desperate place that only God could help him through. But he humbles himself. I'm a poor man. I'm a needy man. I need your help, O God. And then he admits his fears in verse 4. Delivered me from my fears. It's not an easy thing for a strong man to admit his fears. And to admit his weaknesses. Not an easy thing for a leader, a warrior, a confident young man in his prime physically to confess, I've got some fears. I've got some frustrations. I've got some areas that I'm anxious about. But part of the process of being delivered from such things is, is admitting and acknowledging that we're battling such things. Now, it's okay to raise your hand on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night and say, I got an unspoken request. That's all right. But when it comes to God, 
We need to talk to God. Forget the unspoken. We need to tell God and communicate to God and pour out our hearts to God, you see. Honesty and humility. We see this. Are two very important responses if we really desire the help and the attention that God can give us. These are the attitudes that position us to receive the mercy and the help that only God can give, that only God can give. A very important part of David's deliverance, of our deliverance, of our restoration, flows from the honesty, the humility. The sincerity of his confession to God. There's no pretense. There's no pride. There's no covering up. But a humble and a contrite heart thou will not despise. Psalm 34, here it is, verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those that are crushed in spirit. But if we deny it and we reject the reality of it, we, we limit God from ministering and helping us when we're at it. James 4, verses 6 and verses 10. The Bible says God resists the proud. The, the, the proud are unwilling to admit when, when they failed or when they're struggling. And that causes God to hand back. That causes God to hold back. But God gives grace. Grace. In the New King James, James 4, verses 6 and 10. But God gives grace to the humble. God says, but when they humble themselves and are honest about what they're going through and honest about what they've done, that releases the flow of my grace. Verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Don't worry about the sight of man. Get with God in the sight of the Lord. Don't worry about man. Don't want to humble yourself too much in front of man. They, they mess with you. But the Bible says, humble yourselves. In the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Oh, it's the positioning of our hearts to receive the grace, the forgiveness, the restoration of the Lord. Let me quote David Jeremiah as he comments on this, these verses here. Dr. Jeremiah writes, own your problem. Don't try to pass it off on someone else. Confess where you are, how you got there, and what you need God to do for you. And God will do for you what He did for David. He'll deliver you from all your fears. Be honest with the Lord. I heard a story about honesty this week. Um, I read a line about an honest car dealer. And the title was, it was telling it like it is. I said an honest car dealer. You heard me right. All right. It, it came from a display ad in, in an automotive dealership in Cleveland, Tennessee. And it said, why go anywhere else and get cheated when you can come here? <laughs> honest car dealer right there, man. I'm telling you, honest. At least they're telling you. If you come in, buyer beware. Come on, say amen. Hey, hey. But sometimes people have struggled with things in their life, people that love God, for years and years. And the reason is in that area. I'm not saying their entire life. If it was their entire life, they wouldn't be attending. But in that area, they fail to confess. They fail to admit. You see, there's so much in denial. 
but that they um, short-circuit the working and the flow of God's grace. And we see this in David. He says, ah, I'm a poor man. I'm a hurting man. God, I'm in a mess, and all my victories in the past aren't helping me now. Only you can bail me out of this. Oh, God, this poor man called, and the Lord heard him and delivered him from all his fears. I've got some fears. I've got some areas I'm struggling with. God, I don't know. My life just got hit by a tornado. I don't know where I'm going to land. I thought things were going well. It looked like things were going well. It seemed overnight. Now everything that I thought was so secure is gone. I'm in a place that's foreign to me. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm anxious. I'm fearful. I'm struggling. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. That in that place, we position ourselves for the presence and power of God to draw near and to work thoroughly and, and deliver us from those fears and, and, and uproot those fears and take away those fears. But I can't hide those fears or deny those fears. I've got to come clean with those fears so God can cleanse and free me from those fears. Oh, my, 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 my. Hallelujah. David admits or owns the problem, positions himself. But secondly, in these same verses 4 through 6, then David gives himself to sincere and serious prayer. After he praises, after he takes ownership, David turns to serious prayer. Throughout the psalm, you see words that kind of describe the um, intensity of David's prayer life. I sought the Lord. They that seek the Lord. I cried out to the Lord. He doesn't approach God casually or just nonchalantly or just religiously or with hesitancy. But, in fact, David in this psalm is really a good model of Hebrews 4 and verse 16 where we are instructed to let us come boldly with confidence before the throne of grace that we might receive that grace and mercy, the help we need in our time of need. And we find something so precious in the life of David that, especially in this story, that there's a combination of humility before God blended with a strong confidence in God. And when those two things work together, that's when you see prayers answered. That's when you see real breakthroughs come. There's a humility before God. But there's a confidence in the power and in the might and in the love of God. We see this side of David praying out, crying out. He looks to God. He pours out his heart to God. We see a sincere and earnest crying and passion and desperation of faith to touch God, to draw near to God. Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn. Then I'll hear, and then I'll heal, and then I'll bless. The humbling and the seeking, that beautiful combination of attributes that bring God's working and God's merciful hand at act into our lives. Again, we see it, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Notice in this psalm just some words that describe David's prayer. 
In verse 4, I sought the Lord, and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 6, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their cries. Verse 17, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them and delivers them from all of their troubles. And that gives us the great verse 19. It comes from this psalm. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. This combination is powerful and effective to see answers come and the power and the hand of God released. I'll wind this down. Let's listen. There's praise. There's owning the problem. There's sincere prayer and seeking God and crying out to God. <laughs> you know, there's praying and then there's praying. You know, there's praying and then there's really spending time and seeking God sincerely and earnestly. You know that, don't you? I saw the cartoon. There's an elite, a Christian leadership magazine, a cartoon. And the guy saw... Bob across the hallway and oh there's Bob, there's Bob walking Bob, Bob. He's walking, Bob's walking. And his mind is, man, I I told him I'd be praying for him. Oh God, bless Bob. Amen. And about that time they connect. Hey Bob, good to see you, brother. Been praying for you, man. And they kind of There's praying and then there's praying. There's praying and then there's closing the door, setting things aside, and seeking. And crying out to the Lord. All right. All right. Just had to put that in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason some prayers are answered and some aren't. Amen. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. All right. But finally, there's the deliverance or the provision. God comes through for us. Verse 4. God delivers us from our fears. Are you bound with fear? God can deliver you. Are you struggling with fears and you know they're not from God? Then God can set you free. Then God can begin to cause them to disperse, disappear, dilute in Jesus' name. Verses 6 through 17, God delivers and saves us from our troubles. Are you in trouble this morning? We have a God that can bring you through that trouble to the other side, safe and secure. There is a God that can speak peace to your trouble. And enter in with such amazing grace that you can stand firm until that trouble passes and you're standing as more than a conqueror in Christ. Verse 7 says, God delivers us from our enemies. There's enemies in this walk of faith. But God can deliver us from any enemy that will come against you. He is a shield that surrounds the righteous. And He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Call on the Lord. He delivers us from our enemies. Verse 19, He delivers us from our afflictions. Maybe you're here today. And there's something that's been harassing you for a long time. There's just something that prods and hits and harasses in affliction and affliction. But we serve a God. He's honest. He says, many are the afflictions. We go through affliction. But I deliver you out of them all. So whatever that is, you're going to win. God did for David. Jesus will do for you. And he finishes this psalm very simply. We're going to finish our thought with this. There's the praise, and there's the problem owning, and there's the prayer 
that is sincere and serious. And then there's the provision or the deliverance that comes. God delivers us even when we messed up. And God brings us through. And then finally, David says, you know what? There's one more thing. Before I finish this testimony. You know, have you ever been to a good testimony service, right? And what, what he did for me, he can do for. And there's that verse 8, another wonderful verse. We talk about this thing about, oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. He's saying, folks, I don't know about you, but if you walk any amount of time in this world, we've tasted of a lot of things that were bitter, that made us sad, that messed us up. But when we tasted of the Lord, forgiveness is good. Mercy is good. Compassions are good. Taste and see. Come and experience for yourself. For what Jesus did for me, Jesus will do it for you. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. And whosoever will can come. Come to this God. Oh, taste and see. We see this testimony ends with an invitation to others to come and enjoy the goodness of the Lord. Come and and enjoy the favor and the grace of this God. Oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. I found Jesus to be so good. He's delivered me from my fears. He's forgiven me from my sins. He's made my life brand new. And I want to share Jesus with you. I saw Dr. Samuel. I thought of this. He goes back in a couple of weeks back to that Bible college where they're training people from every state in the great nation of India, training young men and women to go throughout the billions and billions of that great country and declaring to them, oh, taste and see. The Lord is good and Jesus will do for you what no other God can do, what the false cannot do. Oh, taste and see. The cross is good. The blood is good. The Holy Ghost is good. Oh, taste and see and you'll be changed. He'll do for you what the Hindu gods couldn't do. He'll do for you what the... Oh, my goodness. That's what we do. We're going to close. We're going to pray the prayer, and then, and then we're going to, we're going to can, we, can we, you got enough in you to sing at least one good song with some gusto? Yes, yes. Amen? Yes. Amen? Let us exalt his name together. Let's lift up his name together. Let's magnify. That means make big. Make big. Amen? You don't serve a little God. You serve a big God. Amen? And when we talk about him, we, talk, we might be little people, but he's a big God. Amen? We, we might be weak in ourselves, but he is strong and mighty to save. So I'm going to pray the prayer and then we're going to stand. We're just going to finish by singing. If you need to come to the altar and you need a touch in your body, then Jesus is here to heal you. All power and authority in heaven and on earth belong to the Lord Jesus and He's here. His power is here. If you need a touch from God, you come and we'll pray with you and God will touch you and mighty things will happen to you. If you are here and, and for some reason, you, you listen, you need to take ownership of something, then take ownership. God is so good and full of mercy. It's no one's business, but you can meet with God. And if there's something you just kind of haven't dealt with and you've just let and you need to take ownership, then, then you know what? Before you leave, say, Lord, I got some fears and troubles. I've been putting them under the rug. I've been ignoring them. I need to come clean with them so you can be free to start working in them. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please. Stand with me.
Oh, we pray the prayer and sing the song. Glory be to God forevermore. Glory, 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 glory. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Father, we love you. 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 Father, we thank you for the testimony of a thankful man. And Lord, we are your people and we know we can identify with David. We are thankful. We testify that you have delivered us. Jesus, you've delivered us from our sins. You brought us through many a tight spot and situation. You saved us out of all our troubles. Men gave up on us, but you never gave up on us, O oh God. Situations overwhelmed us, but you were there. You brought us through, O oh God. We have tasted and we declare Jesus is good. Thank you, Lord, that when we sought you, you heard us. You delivered us from our fears, frustrations. You've forgiven us and you've bailed us and your eyes are upon us and your ears are open to our cry. Father, in the name of Jesus, receive our praise this morning and release your power to deliver, to heal, fill afresh those that are thirsty, strengthen those that are weary. Father God, as we respond, receive our praise and release your power in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, let's worship the Lord. Let's worship God. If you need prayer, come and let God touch your life.